The mics are live right now. On March 16, 2020, the Charlottesville City Council held a historic meeting at which most of the public participants were at home as part of our community's response to the COVID-19 global pandemic. The meeting will be starting in just a few minutes. Four out of the five councillors were present in city council chambers, as were most of the city's senior staff. At a time when officials are pleading with people to stay at home, council moved forward with business, though none of it was as usual. We have about 21 people on the webinar. We're about to turn the meeting over to our mayor, Nakaya Walker, and she will get us underway. That's Brian Wheeler, the city's communications director, as he tells those 21 people that the meeting is about to get started. Wheeler started Charlottesville Tomorrow back in 2005 and hired me, Sean Tubbs, as his first employee back in 2007. I'm producing a series of podcasts about local responses to the COVID-19 pandemic, with this second episode dedicated to serving as a recap of sorts for part of this meeting. It's not the whole thing, but hopefully it would help you understand a little more about how local government in Charlottesville and Albemarle County is responding to this crisis. Here's Mayor Nakaya Walker, who we heard yesterday in a more informal setting on Facebook Live. All right, good evening. I call this meeting to order. And because Vice Mayor Cena McGill was not there in person, City Attorney John Blair had to explain how she could legally be allowed to electronically participate in the meeting. Vice Mayor McGill, are you on the line? I am. Is your electronic participation tonight due to a medical condition? I believe so. <laughs> and uh, are you currently at your residence in the city of Charlottesville, Virginia? I am. Okay. If I could have a motion from a counselor to allow Ms. McGill to participate via electronically. So moved. In the days and weeks Second. to come, local government is going to have to figure out how to conduct business, and it may mean more resolutions like this. With the reality of our society's shift to social distancing, it's important for those of us not in government to learn some of these rules. This council meeting is the first of many that may come with this disclaimer. So we're acknowledging that we're deviating from our standard council meeting procedures for public participation. Um, we do have um, a webinar. Some parts of the meeting were similar to before. The Pledge of Allegiance. Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. The roll call. Mr. Payne. Here. Mr. Snook. Here. Ms. Walker. Present. Ms. McGill. Here. Ms. Hill. Here. The approval of the final agenda. As it's been printed here, I move its approval. Second. All right. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Okay. All of the usual traffic. All right. Any announcements? Except right, any some announcements were a little more unusual. Here's City Councilor Heather Hill. Uh, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the Commissioner of Revenue, Treasurer, and Utility Billing will all be closed to walk-in traffic until April 1st. As always, tax filings and payments can be made via U.S. mail, online, or at any of the drop boxes located on 6th Street, 7th Street, or the drive-up box by the Key Recreation Center. Online payment options are also available at the Treasurer and Commissioner of the Revenue pages of the City's website. Mayor Walker had a plug for one of many local community efforts that are coming together to support people in need. Um, local journalists Jordi Yeager and Margot Balka, um, on behalf of Willow Tree, have been working with community organizer, um, organizers, area nonprofits, and others to set up a new centralized website called Support Seville. 
The site is a one-stop hub for people to find and navigate the many ways, big and small, that people can help the community members by donating money, their time, and other supplies to those most impacted and most in need through the on the ground resources already doing the work. this work. Support Seville is also a one-stop site that collects all the different ways people can request local funding and help with their day-to-day -day as well as other um, supplies. The site address is supportseville.com and Jordy encourages people to use, con use the contact form there to suggest new content they can link to. That's supportseville.com in case you missed it supportseville.com. City Manager Dr. Teron Richardson also addressed the current crisis and gave an important update. Earlier today, uh, the Virginia Department of Health's Thomas Jefferson Health District uh, announced that a resident of the city of Charlottesville had tested positive for the 2019 coronavirus, COVID-19. This marks the first case in the Thomas uh, Jefferson Health District. Uh, the positive case is an individual in their late 50s and it appears to be a travel-related infection. Uh, in an effort to contain and mitigate uh, the, the coronavirus, uh, the city of Charlottesville will begin operations uh, on tomorrow, Tuesday, March 17, 2020, with only essential personnel reporting to work. Uh, this staffing plan uh, will be in effect for at least the next two weeks. That means if you want to interact with city government, use online means or pick up the phone. Uh, we ask that all in-person transactions be curtailed unless absolutely necessary. But what about council meetings, where the public gets a chance to ask questions? For tonight's meeting at least, up to eight members of the public were allowed in to speak in public comment. With many businesses closing to comply with the shutdown, one woman asked for tax relief now. All right, Elena Magone. Uh, Mayor Walker, members of council, my name is Elena Mangione. 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 Okay. Sorry to correct you. No, that's, I need to know how to say it. Right. Um, I am the owner of Mangione's on Main, located on West Main Street. I stand before you this evening as an independent restaurateur in the city of Charlottesville, struggling to survive during this challenging time. Those of us that will be most affected from a financial standpoint are in the hospitality industry. Local restaurateurs are taking extreme precautions by shutting their doors to in-house dining or closing altogether. Some of our restaurants in the community may never be able to recover. I, along with other independent businesses, are asking for an immediate relief for, in uh, meals tax forgiveness for February and March, which is coming due this week for February. On the surface, that may sound like a reasonable claim, but municipal governments in Virginia are complex, and the answers are not always that simple. Councilor Hill reads a letter from Todd Divers, the Commissioner of Revenue, an elected official. Dear members of the City Council, City Manager, and staff, I believe you'll hear a proposal tonight advocating for forgiveness of the Charlottesville meals tax or lodging tax. You may also hear requests to push back the due dates for these taxes that are normally due on the 20th of every month. Trust taxes like the meals and lodging tax are collected by business operators from their patrons and held in trust until remitted to the local government. These funds should not be commingled with operating funds. A business should not use these funds to cover operating expenses. Having said all that, my office does have some discretion when it comes to late filing and payment of meals and lodging taxes collected. If a report and payment is received on or before it becomes 30 days late, we have some discretion to forgive penalty and interest. It is our intention to be as flexible on this as possible. 
And we're not being insensitive. We just, at this point, uh, that's not an avenue that we want to um, um, support, but we are definitely hoping that, um, you know, economic development, the city manager, that um, we are presented with whatever is possible that we can do, and hoping that federal and um, state aid comes to be able to assist local businesses um, in some way. This is all new to all of us. You know, we're just starting and we're just trying to figure out how to be supportive. Soon it was time to okay. test out the teleconferencing system. Mr. Willer. Mayor Walker, we have uh, 35 people participating in the online webinar and five of them right now have raised their hands to speak. So I'll call on each of them in the order in which they raise their hands. Molly Conger, you are live with City Council. Please unmute your microphone. You have three minutes. She will need to start her video. So should we see her? Or you could just speak. Molly? Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, on behalf of the Lease, whose broadband internet is not strong and whose support was being called, uh, can you clarify how these materials got access to the system? Did the public charge was not taken into account? City and county. The audio didn't quite work out but she was reading on something on behalf of Luis related to the rights of immigrants to assistance during this time of the COVID-19 pandemic. It was hard to hear, but the issue she brought up was very important to consider going forward. Can we turn the volume up? Thank you. So you think it's a case where people online could hear and at home and just not us? I could. I could. <laughs> Meredith, you're online with city council. Please unmute your microphone, and you have three minutes. Other comments at the meeting touched on the usual toppings that you usually hear in city council chambers. A protest against the removal on parking on yes. one city road. Another person asked for meals tax relief. That last one prompted a response from Councillor Lloyd Snook. One point that we should make, by the way, Mayor Walker, you were talking about how the city doesn't want to do this. The city actually can't do that. Mm -hmm. There's a state law, not just a local law. The state law says exactly what the local law says, which is that the funds that have been received have been received in trust, and the state law actually contains the language about embezzlement. It does. Tonight's meeting was the first public hearing for the budget for fiscal year 2021, which begins on July 1st, 2020. In normal times, council usually adopts the budget around April 15th after a series of work sessions. These are not normal times. Let's just listen for a couple of minutes. And just before we get started on um, this, we did talk about whether it would be best to postpone um, the public hearings to make sure that as many citizens who um, wanted to could come before us um, and talk to us. And that's why we had staff look at what other options like the webinar. Um, it has been advised that um, because this is a just very important part of the process that we continue with the public hearings, um, but we are reading every email and um, once we know fully what this um, pandemic will look like locally, if there are opportunities to create a um, more open uh, meeting and have um, comments made in the future, we are committed to that.
Now, this podcast is not about the budget, but about this response to the pandemic. And the budget is part of that, and how it evolves during this unique time is something we want to pay attention to. Now, the previous meetings are all available online, and if you need help finding them, drop me a line, and I'll point you in the right direction. Tonight's first public hearing on the tax rate proceeded, but not as usual. Walt, you may need to turn your speaker down. But not without errors, as Wheeler and his communications staff ironed out the kinks. Uh, on the tax rate issue, I've been thinking about, you know, uh, first of all, I'm reticent to encourage you to raise taxes. Despite the glitches, Wheeler pressed on. Jason Halbert, I'm trying to bring you up next. Just a moment. I'm getting a few error messages on our Zoom webinar, and it would not surprise me if many people around the world are trying to use Zoom right now to have their public meetings. All over the world, meetings that usually need to happen to accomplish public outcomes happen because we all get together in the same room. It's my hope that we can have patience with our local governments as they figure this out, and we try to help them. There are a lot of details to work out, and this time we're spending in our homes is a chance to think anew about how we engage with each other in the civic arena. For tonight, though, city government tried to make do as best as it could. I'm sorry I'm getting the same error message, Jason. If you would like to type something in the comment, I'd be happy to um, read it as we go here. What do you say? Keep the tax rate where it is. Oh, yes. Technically, council could raise property tax rates up to 97 cents per $100 of assessed value. That's two cents higher than the current rate, because that's what they decided to advertise. If council wanted to raise the rate, they'll need to do so before the second public hearing, or at least talk about it, whenever that public hearing ends up being scheduled. Next, city manager Richardson presented his budget for next year. But take a look at the full video, and please read news coverage. There's a lot of really good people out there writing about this stuff, and they, now more than ever, need you to pay attention. Now, towards the end of his presentation, Richardson presented a slide with upcoming dates for the budget development process. Now, previous city managers have never had to deal with the effects of a global pandemic when considering these issues. Let's just let this conversation roll for a few minutes. Here we have our various dates that we have, and as we talked about before, uh, uh, these we can make some adjustments to, uh, but we wanted to list those in case we see an improvement, and we're looking for a quick improvement uh, in terms of you know, this uh, uh, virus going away um, so that we can keep on moving forward. Uh, so we had those listed dates. Uh, for uh, you to see, as well as for the public to see, uh, where we're going to be moving forward and moving on with this budget. Oh, I think it's pretty safe to say. Could you go back a slide, please, Ryan? March 24. Those first two dates are just are not going to be feasible. They fall within the next two weeks, and there's been some pretty sweeping decisions already made around number of people, number of people in, people in space. spaces. Would, and, would those be things we could do remotely? That same sort of technology, assuming we get it honed. I would like to get more clarification at the state level on whether sure. we can we can also participate remotely, because I'm not comfortable with us bringing staff together and ourselves. I mean, we're already on that the outside of that right now, technically yeah. anyway. And I think the um, ensuring that we can have as many citizens participate as possible, which is so this is new. So we just have to get some kind of campaign, you know 
that people know. Um, and then there are be people who their use of technology, you know, they won't be able to do it. So we just have to be, um, you know, just cautious and being it, thinking that we can consider those avenues as like really hearing from public. City Attorney John Blair summarizes where we are right now. Again, we can only hope that, that you know, if, if first of all, that everyone's safe and healthy and that this, uh, the curve bends significantly to where these restrictions don't last. But if not, we'll have to look at some sort of relief from the state on the Freedom of Information Act and, and how we can get this budget passed and have the maximum amount of participation. So where are things as of this recording? I'm not entirely sure, but we can all look together. Let's stay tuned for more information. But for now, let's go back to the public hearing. Now, I can't summarize all of the comments that were made tonight, uh, and for reasons we'll talk about in a second, but I encourage you to take a listen and a look. My feeling is that any technical errors that were made tonight were just simply because of working out the kinks of this uh, situation. Now let's move on to tomorrow's show. Albemarle County has already decided that they are going to extend their budget process uh, past the current extension. Uh, they're going to talk about that tomorrow at a budget work session that they're holding. Um, I would tell you where the room is, uh, but I don't want you to go there because you shouldn't go anywhere uh, and be around people that you don't know uh, or haven't met. Um, but even then, you should be socially distancing yourself. Thank you very much for listening, and uh, good night. Uh, uh, try to sleep well. Take care of yourself. It's now more important than ever that we do that and think about each other and how we're all related in this big, gigantic puzzle piece of where we are. Thanks a lot. I'm Sean Tubbs. Thanks for listening.